Welcome back to another episode of the Shakeron Podcast. I'm Cecilia Hikena. I'm M. Gaudi. And we are research fellows at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And along with Shakeron, we are sharing knowledge to improve childhood around the globe. So today we have the July episode of the SHAPS Podcast, which is the PAPS episode. PAPS is Pacific Association of Pediatric Surgeons. And for that, we talked to the editor, Dr. Mary Brindle, who helped us choose these articles. I'm Mary Brindle. I'm a pediatric surgeon at Alberta Children's Hospital in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So for today, we have three articles. The first one is about the impact of cryoanalgesia for pectus excavatum repair. The second one is about the chest tube management after a lung resection. And the third one is about hair reduction for pyelonidal disease that reduce recurrences. The articles are listed and linked in the description below. Follow along and read with us. The first article that we have is impact of cryoanalgesia use during minimally invasive pectus excavatum repair on hospital days and total hospital cost among pediatric patients. And this is by Dr. Hedge, who is also a trainee, and the senior author is Dr. Dr. Sow from Houston. She was Dr. Brindle, the editor that helped us choose this article. What they tried to see is how cryoanalgesia impacted in hospital days and hospital costs. Based of this study was done 2011 to 2021, and they compared patients who had used cryoanalgesia versus those who hadn't. They gathered 44 patients, 29 of them had cryoanalgesia. And what they found is that the ones that did have cryo had less hospital days, 3.0 days versus 5.4 days. And what was surprising for me is that the hospital costs were um, a little bit cheaper in the ones that use cryoanalgesia. It's less than $1,000 difference between them. And this is incredibly expensive equipment. So the fact that you're actually able to not just make that cost up and make it equivalent, but you're actually able to save costs, I think is a, a very meaningful argument. Yes, true. And then you see this decrease in complication rates, a 70% decrease. So you go from about 33% complication rate for these patients down to 17%. So, I mean, I think it's a super valuable study. I really enjoy it. Um, it's one of the reasons why I liked it. Yes, um, I used to do pectus surgery back in Argentina, and I think that when you do pectus, now you kind of must do cryo because it really changed outcomes in patients. I don't think they look at it in this paper, but normally they also have less opioid use after the hospital. Yeah, so they didn't address that here, but in the next episode of August, we have two articles talking about the opioid requirements with cryo, so stay tuned to listen to August. JPS. Second paper of the day is chest tube management following lung resection in pediatric patients, a retrospective analysis. We talked to the first author in this paper. My name is Jamie Schnuck, and I am a third year general surgery resident now at the University of Washington here in Seattle. They performed a cross-sectional study of pediatric patients undergoing lung resection to characterize chest tube practices and clarify the utility. And so this study looked at 130 lung resections that were done between 2013 and 2022. And this is Dr. Mary Brindle. 130 procedures met inclusion criteria. 
59 of them were lobectomies. Uh, they call them group one. 19 of them diagnostic veg resections. These are group two. And 52 of them excisional veg resections. These are group three. Patients were less than 21 years of age. And our exclusion criteria really was if the patient had a spontaneous pneumothorax. And 75% of the group one patients had no air leak and median chest tube duration was two days. In the group two, which was diagnostic veg resections, nearly 90% of them had no air leak and median chest tube duration was one day. In the last group, which was excisional veg resections, 80% of them had no air leak and median chest tube duration was one day. Yeah, I actually was pretty surprised that most chest tubes were removed on the first day after surgery. And a majority of those patients did not have an air leak either. And so the question that raises in my mind is, did they need the tube at all? Especially for diagnostic wedges, that almost 90% had no air leak. And so, hey, let's find out which ones are like in less risk of having it. And that let's just don't leave a chest tube. One thing that makes it a little bit tough is that balance between those patients who might need a chest tube if you don't put it in, that need for an intervention that you hadn't planned versus this much larger potential benefit, more patients uh, impacted who might never need the chest tube at all. So how do you balance a patient who needs to go back emergently for a procedure? Yeah. I wonder what their future goals are regarding this study. Are in the process of getting out another paper right now. Um, we did a survey actually on all of the pediatric surgeons that are in the Western Consortium of Pediatric Surgery. And the survey that we sent out was just about surgeon attitudes around chest tube management. I think the ultimate goal would be to take this one step further and see if we can do something prospectively. The third paper for today is increasing amount of hair reduction using laser correlates with lower probability of recurrence in patients with pyelonidal disease. And we talked to the senior author in this paper. My name is Bill Chu. I'm an associate professor at uh, Stanford University, uh, working at Lucille Packard uh, Children's Hospital. And they wanted to see how the laser ablation reduces a recurrence in patients with pyelonidal disease. And they look at the patients who have been presenting with pyelonidal disease between 2019 and 2022. So this is a retrospective study, but the data uh, are actu were actually all prospectively gathered. So they had 198 patients, and they divided them according to the skin types. So they have 21 patients with skin types 1 and 2, 156 with skin type 3 and 4, and 21 with uh, skin types 5 and 6. And of them, around 151 had dark color hair. So the patients that come to our clinic, they will get a picture taken of the extent of the pyelonidal disease, but also the amount of hair that is in that area. And the patients will get started on shaving, ablation, um, and then subsequently started on laser ablation. What they found is that to reach a 75% of hair reductions, require a mean of 4.8 to 6.8 laser replication sessions, depending on different skin hair characteristics. And also dark hair and skin types 5 and 6 were associated with higher recurrence rates. And their recurrence rate was 
6%. Here's what Dr. Brindle had to say. So, I mean, it's not, it's not just a one-time thing. And it also, like, it costs money. So that's the other thing where I think doing the study is important because right now, uh, a lot of insurance agencies will cover it. You know, in Canada, you do need to sort of uh, advocate to the health systems to cover it. So having this data that shows its effectiveness, I think, is actually, it's really useful to have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to have something that adds to pilonidal disease, like to the knowledge of that. This and midline visual repair, I think it will change the treatment for our patients. Great. That was everything for today. But before we summarize, let's hear what Dr. Brindle had to say. Because I think all three of them are are really interesting. They were all chosen as the PAPS award winners at our annual conference. And I will also say that each one of them, I think, is important in the evolution of pediatric surgery, not necessarily like the revolution of it, but I think they're all really important for how we manage sort of day-to-day pediatric surgical care. Awesome. So now we are ready to summarize. We talked about the impact of cryoanalgesia in hospital days and um, hospital cost, and we realized that cryoanalgesia uh, helps to reduce the hospital days significantly and doesn't increase um, the hospital cost being even a little bit cheaper than the other one. Then we talk about the test of management and what were the chances to having an air leak after um lobectomy, a diagnostic wedge, or even an excisional wedge, and we realized that more than 80% in wedges and almost 75% of lobectomies didn't have an air leak, so maybe in the future we can start by not even placing a chest tube after one of them. And finally, we talked about the laser epilation in pyonidal disease and how that helps to reduce recurrences and how depending on your skin type and hair color, you will need more or less sessions to have a recurrence rate reduced. Also, if you're interested in uh, laser epilation and effects of the recurrence of pyonidal disease, we have our podcast, Case Birds Journal Review, Pyonidal Disease, that we released earlier this year, that we talked with uh, Jose Campos around the case. And uh, the most important questions in the case management. So if you want to go check it out, it's uh, linked in the description below. 